1: And it is Devious Motives. I'm Brett Witterbull. It is the uh, podcast where we break down all the big stories that are out there happening in the world today. It's incredible to look at the uh, cycle that's uh, taking place. But one of the things I want to uh, get into is uh, stuff that is a little bit off the beaten path in terms of uh, issues that, that really should matter to you. We haven't done a deep dive into the foreign policy component of this upcoming election. Foreign policy is hugely important you have just spent whether you like it or not 80 billion dollars arming the people of Ukraine and that's a substantial and important point because while the american people are incredibly generous once you start getting into 80 90 100 200 300 billion dollars uh, in aid going out that is a uh, that is a humongous problem and so the question at this point becomes okay what senators and what congress people do you trust when it comes to uh, the, the questions of funding and financing wars? Remember, we are involved in Ukraine. Ukraine is not a NATO ally. We are in there with other NATO allies who are closer in proximity uh, than than we are, obviously. We we have offered up a ton of weapons. They've been very effective against the Russians. Uh, that is That is a huge, huge point, right? And that's a good thing. But now on Monday, uh, October 17th, which is the day this is being recorded, if you're hearing this in the future, uh, on Monday, October 17th, we see in the morning uh, an explosion of kamikaze style missiles being shot into Kiev and around Ukraine. These are Iranian manufactured missiles, Iranian manufactured missiles, and it's a big deal because... We are now basically funding both sides of the war. How do I explain that to you? Well, here's how I explain that to you. During the Obama-Biden administration, they gave, you know, billions of dollars in financial relief to Iran. Iran took that money and didn't upgrade their communities, didn't make better opportunities for women. That's why you see them in the streets today, rejecting the boot heel of the mullahs. Uh, you, You saw a whole ton of stuff take place. You funded a lot of the repression and the crackdowns that were taking place inside of Iran. I know you don't want to believe that, but you you sponsored with with our money that we loaded onto pallets in violation of American uh, law. We funded uh, torture, rape, murder, terrorism, uh, uh, abuses of unspeakable depths uh, in Syria. You name it, all that stuff. The Iranian Revolutionary Guards Corps is still very, very active in that part of the world And we helped to fund that. And what did the Russians have to say about any of it? Well, they they helped with the attack uh, inside of Syria, uh, targeting communities that they didn't much like because they want that warm warm water port uh, on the Mediterranean. But it's important to understand who it is that's going to be the president of the United States, who it is that's going to be the members of the Congress and the Senate. And what are their objectives going to be? What are their policies going to be? And so uh, I just want you to understand that there are two approaches when it comes to uh, dealing with Ukraine, when it comes to dealing with Iran, when it comes to dealing with Xi Jinping. And the president of the United States has never been right on a single foreign policy um, idea and is going to take us in exactly the wrong direction. And the Congress is going to have to be there to say, no, no, we're not. We're not doing this. I'm not saying we're cutting off aid. To Ukraine, But we're going to at least have a debate and a discussion about it. We're going to at least have a debate and discussion about the cartels. We're going to have at least a debate and discussion about a wide open border, which is really there's a hilarious bit, by the way, that was put out in the last 24 hours. Alejandro Mayorkas is blaming Republicans uh, for uh, telling people the border is open. He says our administration is, is messaging that the border is closed and the Republicans in the administration, the Republicans in the government Ted Cruz, et cetera, are running around uh, telling people to come here illegally because they keep saying the border is open when in fact it's closed. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. In fact, there were reports over the weekend uh, that indicate that you've got the Department of Homeland Security looking to try to contract with the Department of Defense to do garbage cleanup at the border. Let me say that again in case you missed it to do garbage cleanup. At the border and to run out and get prescription drugs and things like that for migrants who have been detained. Huh. I, I thought the military was utilized for other purposes. I-, I-, I must I must have misread that. And it's funny because if we're going to put the military down on the border with Mexico and we're just going to use them as garbage men. Garbage women. Sanitation workers, I guess, is the prop- proper term. Uh, what are we pay in for all those weapons? I want you to pick up that garbage bag and start cleaning up the border. That's what the Uncle Sam ad's going to be. Is Uncle Sam union? You bet he is. It's, it's absolutely incredible. All right, we're going to dive into all this stuff. Let me go first, though, to the Iran issue itself. Uh, Bibi Netanyahu did an interview with Mark Levin over the weekend, and I thought it was really spectacularly interesting. And I thought you would benefit from hearing about it because he asks a series of questions about you know, the policies of the United States of America and how his relationship with Joe Biden functions. Here, Here is how that went.
2: Biden, uh, whom I've known for many years, for 40 years, uh, since he was a young senator in uh, Washington, and I came there as the deputy ambassador, uh, you know, he always says... <laughs> He says, Bibi, I love you, but I don't agree with a word you say." And I said to him, "Joe, sometimes I reciprocate that." So initially, he agreed when Hamas was firing rockets at Israel, uh, and we uh, uh, we retaliated, obviously, and took uh, tried to knock out their missile launchers, uh, which they emplaced in civilian neighborhoods. Uh, initially, it was supportive, uh, and he was supportive throughout of our right to exercise self-defense. But uh, he was under great pressure from. Uh, a certain wing of the Democratic Party, so he started saying, "You know, you got to end it, end it, end it." And I said, "No, Joe, I got to keep on going until we accomplish our objectives." And it took about ten days for us to accomplish our objectives. Uh, but um, uh, eventually, uh, I would say uh, the American pressure. Uh, and the Israeli action met at the point where we had completed our objectives, so we stopped. We didn't get to the point of confronting it. I, I think that I think that Biden is sympathetic to Israel, but I think that his policy on this, unfortunately, uh, reflects his policy on the Palestinian question uh, and on Iran. I think is um, is also uh, misdirected. And I'm I'm trying to be a diplomat here, but I, I think it's just wrong. It's wrong for America to effectively seek to contain an Iranian nuclear weapon, to say, well, they're going to have it anyway, so let them have it. No, they have to be stopped.
1: They have to be stopped. Now, consider this piece of sound, and think about what the policies are that are being played out right before your eyes. I know, you don't want to do whataboutism with uh, with Biden. With Biden and Trump and the comparisons and the contrasts and all of that, I understand. I'll respect your wishes in that regard. But let's be honest here on this. President United States was just rebuffed, severely rebuffed by the Saudis on his mission to try to pump more oil. Severely rebuffed, embarrassingly rebuffed. And in fact, was unmasked for 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 trying to lean on the Saudis to make them give him oil or he's not going to sell weapons systems. Now, remember, you've got people in the Congress and the Senate who are saying they're not going to sell the Saudis any more weapons. Now, do I like the Saudis? No. Do I believe they had a role in 9-11? Of course I do. I was in New York City on that day. I remember that uh, like it was yesterday. But here's the deal. Here's the deal, Joe. The deal is you don't always get to work with people you want to work with. And sometimes you got to work with people that you don't want to work with. I, I can't imagine that the guy who was president when you were in, uh, in college, Joe, FDR, when FDR was the president, I can't imagine he loved working with Joseph Stalin. I can't imagine he did. But he had to to defeat the socialist Nazis, the National Socialist Nazis. They had to be defeated. Mussolini and the socialist fascists, they had to be defeated. And, of course, uh, eventually... Uh, the uh, the Soviet Union would be brought to its knees. But the situation with all of this is important to understand because if you're going to alienate, and, and, and Joe Biden is vowing when he goes to the G20, which is coming up here in a minute, when he goes to the G20, he's going to shun the Saudis. If he thinks that that's how you get energy from the Saudis, well, good luck. But he's going to shun the Saudis. He's going to push them closer to the Russians because they're already part of OPEC plus one. And, and he's going to uh, have us basically hat in hand begging again the mullahs who only want a nuclear weapon and will say whatever they got to say to do whatever they got to do. It's, it's really not hard. You have got to be much smarter than this, man. You can't just rely on people from the Brookings Institution and think that like they know foreign policy because they're in Washington and they went to Harvard and Yale and Oxford and blah 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 blah. The American foreign policy, um, the American foreign policy hasn't been right in many, 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 many many, 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 many years facts. Facts. One other area we've got a huge challenge and a huge problem in. China. China. Is going to give us a major problem, folks. A major issue. They just. um, Conducted over the last couple of days. Their party summit. Where they get together. And I don't know about you. But I'm going to let you hear this little report. That came in out of NBC News. This sounds like a country. Preparing to go to war with the United States. To go to war at the United States. And. I don't know if it's that they seek that they they detect weakness in our commander in chief or weakness in America's resolve or any of that sort of stuff. But this is a frightening report coming out of China. And of course, it ran, you know, NBC, 11 o'clock at night, Sunday night when everybody's watching football. This is this is how that sounded.
0: Xi Jinping is about to take his place in history. Set to secure power here for a groundbreaking third term, addressing the Communist Party Congress, we must be ready to withstand high winds, choppy waters, and even dangerous storms, he warned, of tough times ahead. Xi mentioned security or safety dozens of times. The biggest applause when he declared Taiwan will be part of mainland China, even if it means taking the self-governed island by force. Wow. Xi's ambitions to build a socialist superpower come at a crucial time for China, facing criticism over ties to Russia and hostile relations with the U.S. His view is that China is basically an equal of the United States now and should be treated as such by the U.S. Here, people have been hoping Xi might ease the stifling zero-COVID policy. Instead, he praised it. Just last week, censors raced to scrub images of a protest banner, a rare sight in Beijing that lamented constant lockdowns and said, we want freedom. Even to report on the Congress, always a COVID test, meant taking multiple COVID tests and spending two days at a quarantine hotel. Inside the Great Hall this week, China's plans will take shape behind firmly closed doors. Xi Jinping will extend his rule for as long as he chooses is power uncontested
1: and complete I, i i just wonder i wonder do we have a spy in the room do we have a spy in the room there where they're going to do the presentations of of what it is that china's got plans to do i think it's readily apparent what china has plans to do they're going to take taiwan the thing you have to understand and i don't mean you personally specifically i mean the the general you the things that you have to understand is this when you listen to devious motives i'm I'm not I'm not hammering the president personally. I'm hammering our profound failings. Our profound failings where we do not know what we're doing. We have not shown strength of resolve or any of that with China. We haven't we haven't done a thing. And I I, I know the Republicans are are desperate to get back into power in the House and the Senate. But I'm telling you, folks, you've got to listen to the people that know what's going on with China. The the people who are really smart, like Gordon Chang, my friend, uh, who you see on Fox and other outlets. But China makes it abundantly clear what it is they're going to do. You remember the days of Osama bin Laden? In the 1990s, you may not have been paying attention to it. I was. I'm always. I've always been a foreign policy, terrorism, national security kind of a wonk. I could never work for. Uh, I could never work for um, these these folks, these people, who are, um, who who are inside the beltway. Well, back during the 90s. Osama bin Laden was releasing fatwas and, and was saying uh, a number of things that uh, I thought was, was pretty shocking at the time. He, he was putting out stuff uh, about how he was going to strike the United States, and, and people would debate this stuff in the think tanks and would say things like, oh, it's just, it's a um, it's, uh, uh, onomatopoeia, it's a simile, it's a rhetorical device. He's just calling people to uh, his side. It's poetry. It's all, of course, bin Laden could never strike us. That's impossible. How could we ever get hit by al-Qaeda? How? Oh, here comes the USS Cole. Oh, here, here comes the first bombing of the World Trade Center in 93. Oh, here comes the Kobar Towers. Oh, here comes, here comes, here comes a number of attacks during the 90s. A number of attacks. The bridge and tunnels plot. The 1990s. This wasn't the PLO. This wasn't Hezbollah. This was Al Qaeda. And they were telling you what they were going to do. The Taliban during our time in Afghanistan, before Joe Biden surrendered, they were telling you what they were going to do. We're going to take the country back over because you you own the watch, but we own the time. We have the time. We have nothing else going on inside of Afghanistan, Afghanistan. And we will just wait you out because you will run out of gas because everybody in the West eventually runs out of gas for the fight. When China is telling you they're going to take Taiwan back by force, that's not like a blustering threat. That's not a kook on your sidewalk yelling at your house. Okay, this is this is the military of China saying we're going to do it. We're taking it back it's getting taken back and and so what what do we do i i remember when i was very young hearing the stories of the cold war and i'm talking about the the really heavy duty days of the cold war okay 50 60s 50 60s early early 70s and i remember hearing from from kids uh, as I was growing up uh, about how they had all these special programs that America needed to put into place. Uh, you, you had high schools that taught Russian. You, you had um, institutions of learning that were te- teaching extremely advanced mathematics because the belief was this Cold War could go on for a thousand years. Who knows, right? And and we needed to be prepared. We needed to understand what the Russians were writing and what they were saying and uh, how they were selling stuff. And we had to understand that, you know, we needed mathematicians because of the space race and because of military weapons systems and all that sort of stuff. And then, for whatever reason, Francis Fukuyama puts out the piece, The End of History... Uh, when the Soviet Union collapses, suddenly it's, okay, we're done. We're all done. Hey, Hillary, we don't have to build any more tanks or nothing like that. Reagan built the 600 ship, 400 ship Navy. We don't need to do that anymore. We got a peace dividend. We're going to spend all our money on peace and peace and peace. And we promptly invaded Haiti <laughs> because you had a, a vicious, nasty killer abusing his people. And and we invaded. Uh, we invaded under George H.W. Bush. We invaded Somalia. And we were going to save the people from Somalia and Somalia, and then and then Bill Clinton Black Hawk down, and we were going to save Somalia. And Somalia was going to be fixed. We were going to make it work. None of that happened. None of that happened. And Republicans and Democrats were on board with this stuff. Please don't, don't, don't think I'm just pummeling the D's and uplifting the R's. This is bad policy that was made. This is bad, bad policy that that was that was made in a number of ways, and. And I, I look at this and I shake my head and I say to myself, what are we doing? What are we doing? How is this happening? Where is this going? And the answer is, we're just treating this stuff like spot fires. Okay, we put that one out. We put that out. There's no way the Chinese would go to war with us. I mean, we have got the most powerful military in the world. They're not going to come and really try to do anything to us. Uh, the American people would never stand for it. You stood and then you kneeled for the riots. You stood and then you kneeled for the COVID lockdowns. You stood and then you kneeled uh, because you were told that you were an insurrectionist. You stood and then you were, in other words, yeah, you're going to say no as long as it's a hypothetical concept. But the minute it becomes real and you get threatened with the with the FBI at a parent-teacher meeting because you're critical of transgender stuff or CRT stuff or wearing a mask or vaccines or any of that, then it gets real. And then you go, hey, you know, I don't know. Your biggest tell, ladies and gentlemen, your biggest tell, when when you when you go back to the very first meeting, to the very first meeting we had with the Communist Chinese in Alaska when Biden was first elected, and got inaugurated, and you had uh, Lloyd Austin, and you had Tony Blinken, and you had that whole host of people going up there, and all, all. The PLA reps, those are the Chinese Liberation Army, uh, the the, the organizations that came out, all they did was excoriate the United States, and we didn't have a single diplomat stand there and say, you are out of line, you are out of order, get the hell out of our country, we are meeting in Anchorage, and you are talking to us about what? You're blaming us for being racist? You're blaming us for being uh, tyrants? You're blaming us? For all of that, and when we didn't move a pinky, you know what happened. This, all of this happened. It's, it's really incredible, folks. None of this is being told to you to try to bum you out. None of this is being told to you to try to demoralize you. It's to help you understand that there is a lot of stuff going on out there in the world. And almost none of it's reported. Almost none of it's reported. Um, we, we talk a lot about social issues and we talk a lot about January 6th and we talk a lot about insurrections and we talk about a lot about systemic racism and all these things. But you have to understand that all of those things added up, all of those things packaged together. Do, do not in and of themselves have the ability to wipe out what we have in this country. Uh, Marxism, maybe, but a foreign war involving China and the Russians and the Iranians. Look at the theaters, Europe, the Middle East, Asia, and we're not pumping oil. That is something to think about. That's what the stakes are in this election. I am Brett Witterbull. This is Devious Motives. The 2022 elections. Talk to you next time.